Hey everybody, welcome back to another Photog Adventures podcast. I'm Aaron King. I'm Brendan Porter. With families and day jobs, we know it's hard to find time to get out there with your camera. So Brendan and I joined together and made the commitment to go out consistently and build up our landscape and astrophotography portfolios. We live in Utah and are lucky to have so many beautiful landscapes all around us. Not only do we have five national parks right here in Utah, but we are only a day or less drive away from 30 other national parks. So we created PhotogAdventures.com, this podcast, and our YouTube channel to chronicle our adventures. Come along with us to amazing places and learn from our mistakes and our successes. We hope that you will get out there too and have a photog adventure of your own. It's episode 52, guys, and we're rolling over on the numbers and we're going higher and higher and higher. Oh, it feels cool to be in the 50s. It's the Cinco de Dos. Cinco de Dos. <laughs> in <laughs> that's honor how I of say our 52. Spanish-speaking brethren, Cinco de Dos. I don't think that's accurate. I think they say Dos If Cinco. you guys have a Hispanic background, please don't be offended by this. I did grow up in Phoenix. I do know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome back to the Photog Adventures podcast, guys. We've been loving having you guys listening. We are looking at all the stats as we rolled over the year mark and seeing how we are just having a great expansion of new friends that are jumping in there with us and listening. So thanks. Thanks for joining the ride and hope that you're enjoying what's coming. We do have the next episode after this. We have Nick Page joining yeah. us. He is free. He's available. Finally, and Nick Page. Oh, I'm so excited. Excited. Recovered from his crazy, crazy last few months of just somber, somber, negative things that have happened to him. But he's a stud, so he's handled it very well. But yeah, but his locations are epic, and I'm totally jealous. So I wish I was there. Yeah, I mean, Soon it's hard to feel be. bad for him too much when I he's, know. you know, consoling himself oh, with his second Iceland. Iceland trip. Yeah. <laughs> and Aurora <laughs> was awesome. Yeah, poor oh, guy. Yeah, what a. <laughs> so <laughs> this has been an awesome year. We are ah, the weird feeling of having it be October. I don't like this feeling. I don't like mm. the feeling of Milky Way is one more week. The 25th, the 25th marks the day that I can no longer see the core of the Milky Way until next so we year. So 10 days. Yeah, 10 mm. days. I'm very, very sick to my stomach. I'm going to miss it. But Orion's coming back. I'm going to finally get my awesome picture of Orion, and I can do other things other than astrophotography, more landscape. And in fact, yeah, that's yeah. what this whole podcast is about this episode, because we got a chance to do a lot of landscape out to our most exciting, most distant photog adventure yet. North Carolina. <laughs> we met a guy from Georgia out there who was telling us a story, and I just sat there <laughs> thinking, wow, I mean, they really, really do talk like that. Oh, yeah. It's not... He was this high-pitched guy from Georgia, and he was just telling us <laughs> he has moments because I know a girl who's a moment, and she, I don't know what she is now, but it's like, oh, man, dude, this guy. Yeah, he's got the sing-song and yeah. everything and the high-pitched voice, and this guy was a giant of a man. He was big. I would yeah. not push anything against him. I'd be, anything you say, sir, I'll do it. But he was like, but then when he opened his mouth, you're like, he's a guy who's a total sweetheart. Oh, man, he's a softie. <laughs> he, he would be a best buddy to have to hang out with, and I just... I, I was just reminded that, you know what, it's not just in the movies. They don't exaggerate it all that much. That really is how Forrest Gump talk. is real. Forrest Gump is real. <laughs> you know what, actually, it's not real. Oh. Sorry. Mean that, wait, you mean that feather was CG the whole time? It was, it was oh CG. Oh, gosh. But enough about Georgia and the awesome accent that they have. North Carolina mm. was fantastic. Brendan, give them a lowdown of everywhere we went and North Carolina trip, why and where. Okay, so we started the trip flying into Raleigh-Durham. National oh, flying in was a international airport, um, but before that, we actually went into a Charlottesville for like a few minutes, and then flew for a few minutes, and then landed. So we were there in Raleigh. We got our car, drove down 
to Jordan's place, which is just outside of Greensboro. And then uh, from there, we went to the Hanging Rock Lower Cascade Falls place where I actually fell in Lower Cascade <laughs> we'll Falls. We'll talk about that here we'll in a second. Talk about that later. Um, <laughs> and then that next that next day, we went out to Blue Ridge um, Parkway, which was really awesome. And then uh, from there, the next day, we went to the beach on the other side of the state. And that was over in Wilmington area and the coast there. And then that next la- very last morning, Aaron and I woke up super early, had almost zero sleep, like literally two yeah. hours of sleep. Ugh. And then we got out back to the Blue Ridge Parkway to the Linco Viaduct for the sunrise, which ended up being probably my best pictures of the whole trip. Fantastic. Oh, man. And sleep was definitely a theme of this trip. No sleep. Lack of. The lack of. <laughs> the complete lack of sleep <sighs> almost every day. Maybe we yeah. should just start right there with the what you shouldn't do when you start a photog adventure. You know you're going to be gone for a week. You should not begin your photog adventure getting zero sleep that weekend and then zero sleep the night of. I mean, we flew. Yeah. We thought, okay, let's be smart. We'll use a Monday night midnight flight to North Carolina. When we arrive, we have we'll more time there, right? Sleep. We've already slept, and then we just get to enjoy. No. We didn't sleep a friggin' wink on that airplane. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a neck pillow, which turned out on the way back was awesome. I know. And then on the way there, I thought, oh, I'm not tired yet. And before I knew it, all of a sudden, I mean, losing two hours is a big difference. You're yeah. heading towards the sunrise, and all of a sudden, it's morning soon, and they're landing. And I was just finally starting to get tired. Yeah, yeah. So that didn't work out. It so was weird. <laughs> we, we, we ended up leaving the airport, getting our car, and getting over to with Jordan just completely with zero sleep and ready to take an eight-hour nap. And so it was a terrible, terrible, terrible way to begin the trip. Yeah, because those guys are all fired up. They're like, okay, let's go to the park and go check out Hanging Rock. We're like, oh, okay, that sounds cool. Yeah, let's do it. I can't wait. And in the meantime, Aaron's like passed out in the back seat. <laughs> oh, that was and great. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. I'm like, Jordan, can you drive? You know where you're going? And I'm probably too tired to drive. I rented the car I was supposed to drive. But man, I was too exhausted. And I tried to talk to them and I kept drifting off. Yeah, yeah, guys. So we got to go over there and the volleyball game is destroyed. Oh, yeah. Roger thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and he's just looking like, check this guy out, man. This is hilarious. Like, he, he just can't stay awake. <laughs> Roger Yance is Jordan's dad, and he hung out with us and he gave us a place to stay. So it was the, fantastic. It was such a great trip, such a great opportunity. And we just want to talk about all the landscape photographies what went well, what didn't go well of all these different locations that we came in for. We mm-hmm. came in for fall colors, and we were two weeks early. Yeah, there was some leaves changing, and in certain points you can get more red and more orangey and some yeah. yellow. And but overall, when you looked at the whole landscape, it still looked so green. And so we're sitting there thinking, oh, "Man, like really, really? <laughs> like it's like a month later than it's supposed to be already, yeah. and it's still not ready." Uh, just happened to have a big, a big couple like three weeks like a big heat wave for three weeks that kept it in the 80s and so they just didn't have the temperatures needed to bring on the fall colors yeah it was like leaving winter time beginning in utah and going to the summer it It really was but it was was freezing cold here when we left yeah 40 something degrees and then i mean yeah it was nuts and then we arrive and we're taking everything out go man it's 80 degrees where's my flip-flops i know it was awesome and yet terrible for landscape photography and terrible for fall colors. Yeah. So let's begin so in our first area. Let's talk about heading out 
and being at Lower Cascade Falls, because that was just on the way to Hanging Rock, which mm-hmm. is going to be a hike that we were going to do that first night. And so before we did the hike, we wanted to do the one-mile kind of walk that you go to a certain point and then really steep. And the one thing that it always... It was less than a less mile. Less than a mile. Oh, yeah. For the whole hike? Okay, oh, yeah. so then one of the things that always gets me, having been a guy who's lived mostly in the West Coast, mostly in Europe, where it's fully, you know, everything is filled in in Europe, in mm-hmm. Italy, in the mm-hmm. Netherlands where I've lived, as well as in the time I lived in Missouri, as the most forested areas that I had. Yeah. My buddy, yeah. he lived behind this short little forest. So I feel like Stranger Things is my story, where I'm running oh, through the yeah, forest yeah. to get to his house yeah. and back when I lived out in St. Louis. So... I had a little experience with forest, but not, I just, I can't stand the North Carolina claustrophobia of the forest because you drive everywhere in a, in just basically a carved out path of all these trees and you can't see anything else but trees. You're passing by city oh, after yeah, city. Oh yeah, so it's like you're just in a tree tunnel the whole time practically. Yeah, yeah. but not one of those cool tree tunnels where it covers you, oh, yeah. just a, a claustrophobic tree gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> tree gauntlet that says, no, don't look. You can't see any of the awesome land in North Carolina. You don't, you're not allowed to see over there. You just you, Everything feels like the same. So it already felt weird and claustrophobic. And then we get to this area. And in the forest, you had no idea, but it goes way down. They had a great mm. big drop-off in this mm. area that led to the falls. And it's just so diverse and so beautiful. Oh, it yeah. was really cool. So how do you like the falls? I mean, you got there. You disappeared down a creek. Yeah, I just went down to the right of where we were setting up basically and just started getting some creek pictures of the falls the lower end of the falls because the rocks like the fall happens and then the rocks kind of like slowly scale down these flat rocks and it looks really cool like i was trying to get some time long exposures to get some cool flowy even with you your know. hand holding because uh, you were hand holding oh, yeah, your camera hand holding it and i was like dude this is working out because the vibration control on the 15 to 30 is actually really good still, and that's why you that want that Tamron lens. Is that's awesome. why you want that vibration control because even <laughs> if you're doing like, how long was I doing it for? Maybe even um, one tenth to one sixth of a second, and they were still turning out clear because there was enough light. Also, ISO 100, I think, and uh, just playing around, you know, just playing around with the lens, mm-hmm. and it was good. It was cool. It was fun. Cool and area. I'm a complete nerd for carnivorous plants, and so I'm out here in this area thinking, okay, I'm a little bit out in the in the forested area that may possibly have mm-hmm, mm-hmm. some drosera, which are those sundew plants that have those little tentacles that have globs of liquid on the end of them that move and wrap their prey and cover them with all their digestive fluid and then eat them and then open up when they're done mm. and the husk of their victim is left over. So I love carnivorous plants, and I was looking to see if I could see any of the native carnivorous plants. And some of you probably don't know this, but... The Venus flytrap, the only place in the world that it is found indigenous, even found at all, is North Carolina. North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, all that area, uh, that is where it's naturally found. It's not South America. It's not in the Amazon. It's not somewhere crazy in Africa or Asia. It's American. It's North American. It's in the swamp bogs of Southeast Asia. America, southeast of the United States. Yeah, Yeah. it's so cool. And so here I am thinking I'm in the land of the Venus flytrap, the Dianaea muscipula or muscipula. I don't even know how they really pronounce that part, but it's just, oh, I'm so excited to be there and thinking kind of plants. So I'm looking, I'm climbing up around this waterfall. Jordan goes up to the top. So I followed him up there and I'm looking for stuff. And it's just, it's really cool to see that out of nowhere, there's this waterfall, even with the light not being great, the way it reflected, Mm. Roger was showing me his picture and he was taking taking advantage of 
the light hitting the rock face, reflecting in the water, yeah, and then yeah. bouncing more light kind of underneath it from the water as the wa- light itself was relighting itself. It was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And so you had some great bounce light, you had some great contrast, and then that really crystal, crystal mirror reflection was awesome. Yeah. At least it stayed, it stayed mirrored as long as no one went in the water. True. So you got to, everyone's wondering, okay, what happened to you and how did it get there? So talk about where you went that led to it. And I'll talk about my carnivorous plant discovery. So then after you came down with Rod, with Jordan the first time. Yeah. Then you told me, hey, you come up here because you just finally saw me again for popping out from the other side. Yeah, came out. Brendan disappears all the time. And, you know, it's fine. I had the keys this time, so I didn't worry. Yeah, so I always look for a kind of a different angle or a different view. I don't I don't try not I try always to do something a little bit different than what everybody else is doing because I like to have a little bit, you know, my pictures want to be a little bit different. That's just usually how it makes you great, man. It makes you good yeah. at a, as a photography. Yeah, so I don't want the same old shot as everybody else got. So anyways, um I was exploring a little bit and just kind of, you know, meandering around, checking things out, and I saw some cool mushrooms. Did that you were tr- growing. Did you take any? I did take some pictures of those. Yeah, <laughs> no, I didn't take any. No. <laughs> okay. Should have. Might have <laughs> helped you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, might um, have been the cause. He just ended admitting to it. So uh, I breathed in a lot of those mushroom fumes. Maybe that's what did it. So you <laughs> saw me. You said, "Hey, come up here to this waterfall. It's pretty cool." So we walked around the waterfall, up the rocks, which I'm normally fine at. Yeah, I'm just like a mountain scale goat, a little rock, know? and it's got a lot of places to handhold and pinch yourself against and kind of wedge your way up. It was great. Yeah, so you did that, and I followed you, and then you went down, We and we found the plant that you were yes. looking for, which is cool. I didn't find any carnivorous plants, guys, but I did find one of the medium that they love to grow in, live sphagnum moss. The sphagnum moss is like a little it's prickly. Really cool. It's kind of like a very baby broccoli floret, yeah. where it has like a bumpy green and it's it's a little more splayed out as these the, these little ground this ground cover that it is it sucks up moisture like crazy and so it's like these nature straws and brings the water up to them so things will grow in there really well because they're very well aerated you can breathe in them and they're really wet so they have mm. long term water supply yeah so it's, it's fantastic they're cool looking huh yeah it's almost like spongy like a brain. Kind yeah, of thing. Like, it's, it's like just interesting green, this really green thick, green. really, really thick, nice looking moss. That's very, it's a big moss, not a mm-hmm. small, tiny texture. It's no, very it big, big. Like, like pinky thumb size, little florets of broccoli. Right. Moss. And it was like the whole thing was as big as like a bit, like a big grapefruit, you know, or the bigger. whole big, like ground cover bunch, the whole thing. Yeah. One of the bunches was big, like a, like a melon, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Really cool stuff. Glad I found that. Cause that made me feel like I was at home. Yeah. Um, and so on the way down, you went in front of me, and I had just forgotten the little path to go around this one rock, and then <sighs> slip, and hit by hip, and slid right down <laughs> the side of it. And we're not talking a little. He slipped for 25, 30 feet. It wasn't, was it really that high? It didn't feel At like least, it was that high. When it was you talk about quick. where you landed in the water from where you started. And the water was it a was good It was a gradual slope, but all slippery, wet waterfall slope. Yeah, yeah. And we're talking harsh rocks, smooth rocks, harsh rocks, smooth rocks. It was smooth the whole way, actually. Once I slipped, it was just... I don't think It was like going down a slide. I don't think your hip thinks it was all that smooth. No, no. <laughs> so um, I've got a nice, big, meaty bruise still on my hip it's taking (laughs) you know when you get a it's like it it ended up being like a monkey bump like the size of a fist inside my hip and so it literally hit hurt to sit on it or put pressure on it for the whole week but you know it was livable though i wasn't like you know you weren't i didn't have any cracks i didn't have any sprains it wasn't like you know exactly what went through my mind as i was 
pulling in where I was. I was underneath the rock overhang and I was looking for Kinder's plants again. And then I heard him go, oh, oh. Yeah. Kind of like crap, 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 and I look I around. Stop it! I'm like, I'm down. I'm going down. <laughs> I'm going. I look around, and he's sliding. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm concerned that it's going to end in a broken arm, broken leg, hit his head. He's going to be unconscious when he hits the water. I'm diving in and saving him somehow. You know, it, it, all of that went through my head. And as soon as he's he landed, standing up, keeping his camera in the air, I thought, oh, okay, it's fine. Now I'm thinking, man, I wish I'd have filmed that. Mm. I wish I had that on camera. And then I go to step up, and I'm like, oh, I lost my slip, slip, and then my camera dipped in for uh, a couple inches in the water. And that then, was uh, so disappointing, too, because you made it all the way down, right. keeping that camera above your head. He took the hit to the hip because he wasn't bracing his fall because he wanted to keep that camera safe. It was on a strap, one of those shoulder straps that you can slide it and keep it on your hip or pull yeah. it up to your chest. And so he couldn't just let it sit by its side. It would dunk itself for right. sure. Yeah. And so he had to hold it up, and he made it all the way down. He landed. He stopped. He told us that he's okay, and then he started stepping his way out. And just one step on a slippery rock, lost his balance, hunched over a little bit, and bloop, bloop, dunked. Dunked the 5D Mark Split III second. with a Tamron 15 to 30. Pretty yeah. much half of it went underwater, and half of the lens went underwater. And, oh, my heart I felt so bad. Immediately, I wanted to have him give it to me so that I could start drying it off with my long sleeve shirt so that I could pat it down quickly so it wouldn't rest on there while he worked his way out of the place. Mm. But you had to disconnect it, so it took a while, and it kept you know, shaking water around. But it is fine. Camera turned it out great. It never affected anything. Not a single button then. Not a single button seemed slow, no. laggy, didn't turn on. No, even my really cheap like um, aftermarket grip, my battery grip that's on there, I mean right. that. Dunked. Oh, you're right. You pulled the batteries out. That dunked, and the batteries are dry. Yeah, and I was like, this thing's not even waterproof. But this thing's not even waterproof, and it's like, uh, it's totally fine. It was that fast of a dunk. It yeah. was just nothing. Yeah. Had you left it there for any amount of time, it would have soaked up water. So, and this is, I think, people, you know, forget about they. If people are clean freaks, you don't have to be a clean freak around professional cameras because they're already weather sealed. So the amount of dust and everything that else I've collected over the year. Of going out and doing, you know, astro nature photography on the desert, that dust actually probably in a lot of ways Are you about wicked to say what I think you're the saying? moisture away. It actually like because you know a protective layer. It was of a dust. protective layer. It was a hydrophobic <laughs> layer of dust. People, hydrophobic. It works. Hey guys, there's water. Get it out of here. Yeah, all the dust is working together, protecting Brendan's gear. That's what happens. So it was uh, pretty awesome. <laughs> now so, the lens inside the lens because the the. The Tamron 15 to 30 has a built-in lens hood kind of thing, and that actually got the most water in it. Yeah. And that's what you use to wick away your, your shirt to wick away. I was but. helping that the most, and I was afraid of zooming in and out and causing to plunge water in, you know, inside yeah. it more but it by was going so past little it and amount, bringing it in. Oh, but my lens cap was on, though, too. But your lens cap had that little hole. It has a little tiny hole in the front where it, where it had cracked, and I bought it that way, and I'd still never patched it. And that's what let some of the water in. I think there probably wouldn't be any water in it if it wasn't for that. Yeah, those lens caps fit on snug. I yeah. don't think that would have been a problem. Yeah, but it was so minute. Um, the and the the back of the camera was a little bit wet, but man, nothing that didn't affect anything. So, what was the real casualty of the dunking in the water? As far as my camera. As far as you. Oh, my shoes. <laughs> yeah. Were soaked. They were wet. Almost until the day we left. Now, I did have desert dust on my shoes, but when you completely <laughs> submerge them all the way around, that protective layer of the dust layer didn't did work. nothing for the boots at that point. <laughs> so it does for little splashes, but not for that. So, uh, 
Yeah. So I was. So we went down. So we we just okay. Let's go home or let's go get something to eat now. And let's not go to the other rock. And so we kind of we cut our short our plans short a little bit there. Yeah, we did because hiking on my zero sleep. And now I had Brendan to blame. Soaking you know, I was like, wet oh, pants, no, soaking Brendan's wet shirt, wet. soaking wet boots, soaking wet socks. But I did have a whole change of clothes in the car. I didn't want that to work, though. I wanted that to not be an option because I loved the idea of not going on the Hanging Rock hike. Right. They kept saying how it's kind of difficult, but not that bad. I mean, it's not that long of a difficult hike. But I was which so means tired. We which means it would have sucked really bad. <laughs> we were so exhausted already. So it would have sucked. So I'm we went glad. straight for some dinner. And my feet were freezing the whole time. And after dinner, I'm like, Roger, we got to find a place before we go home. We've got to, I've got to get some new shoes. This is not going to work. And so, then I knew there's no way there's going to be dry by tomorrow. There's no way. <laughs> so we went to, so we went to Dick's Sporting Goods and uh, got hooked up. It was pretty nice. Yeah. I got myself a nice windbreaker. That's waterproof. Yeah, I have not this needed. whole time yeah. had a windbreaker that was waterproof. Mm. So I'm glad I did it. And it's a fantastic one. Yeah. You guys will see it featured in many photog adventures in the future. It's light in fact, gray. fall colors, you're yeah. going to, no, you won't see because I didn't pull it out till the end. Mm, okay. But yeah, guys, uh, that was just a great beginning. No sleep at all. We go to Cascade Falls our first place of two and we were out of Casualty. commission by an hour into it so it was a good start to the whole trip but jordan and roger i think they were just enjoying the fact that you know what the photog adventures guys are just as goofy in real life none of this <laughs> just is as dumb and do just as many stupid things <laughs> they're exactly as we thought <laughs> so there's no let down there <laughs> let's go ahead and take our first break of this podcast and we'll come back and talk about the next day of the trip and where we went and just the awesomeness that is the North Carolina mm. diverse world. I, I would have never thought that North Carolina was that diverse. I know. It awesome. It's just so different. I'll well, we'll so, see you after the break. Be right back. Hey guys, if you have ever wanted to join Photog Adventures on a free, absolutely 100% free, except for getting there, trip and come out on a Photog Adventure with us, we have our next listener adventure in Oregon. We're going to be at Oregon on the coast from Brookings, down the bottom of the coastline in Brookings on the Oregon, California, or I guess the, yeah, the Oregon, California border and work our way up at all those famous places, Storrs Well, Hasita Head Lighthouse, all the great spots, the really cool sea stacks that we're going to see out there. We're complete noobs in the area, but we'll be there from the 14th until the 18th of November and so if you have time you're in the area you can make it if you can afford to even fly out there and join us come and do some landscape photography sunrise sunset seascape photography with us for a week mm-hmm. go to photocadventures.com forward slash listener adventure and sign up there register there to get notifications about this listener adventure the Oregon trip see you guys there if you can make it cool guys Welcome back to the Photog Adventures podcast, everybody. And we're going to now talk about our second day of our trip in North day Carolina. Two. Day two with Jordan Yance, the picture monk. So we're out in North Carolina, mostly so that we can hang out with Jordan. And the byproduct of that is that we're all photographers and we want to go out and see fall colors. Yeah. So where do you see fall colors? Higher elevation, mountaintops, and the, oh, crazy famous Blue Ridge Parkway. Yeah, that place was unreal i mean the overlook once you got to um the main park there was like overlook after overlook after overlook and we and we couldn't help ourselves but to stop at almost every other one because it was like nuts it is 
awesome place where you've got this crazy distant, distant ridge of hills that you see in blue. I mean, they're not just lying with Blue Ridge Parkway. Right. The Blue Ridge Mountains are blue. And any time of day, any color, it seemed like it just was all blue. We went there twice, Mm -hmm. and both times you could see in the distance that everything beyond a certain point was this different shade of blue. The more distant it went, it was a lighter color of blue. Yeah, it was weird. It was almost like... um it's just like the atmosphere and the the air moisture something like that where it just constantly yeah. was like this constant like haze over the valley mm-hmm. and these in between these mountain ranges and it was just nuts how the further yeah the further you went out the lighter it got and it's almost like reverse of what you would normally think it was it was really trippy it was fantastic, too, because after driving from all the other parts of North Carolina that you go through and go past, and then now finally you're starting to see something. You're going through these mm. tunnels of trees, and these you have these small like veins that are going through pockets of trees, it's just full of trees. You can't see any city you're passing. You just yeah. see signs that say, if you go there, there's the city. And when you drive in, after a while, the trees open up, and you see some city parts, and then every so often it gets closed again with trees. Mm-hmm. So everywhere you went in North Carolina is trees and those of you on the east coast are probably laughing at me because of course there are trees everywhere yeah. why wouldn't there be trees i am so used to the west side of the united states yeah <laughs> that empty open <laughs> desert i just don't even realize how different that oh is. yeah we drive for miles and miles guys on roads and there's literally just bushes on both sides you can literally see for miles on each side <laughs> of most of the roads we drive on here and when you get higher up like on the um you know, the foothills area, you can just see the whole entire valley. There's oh, nothing yeah, blocking your view. Take it all in at once. Yeah. So it's, I mean, in that respect, it's pretty spectacular, but it's funny that you have to drive like two hours from where you normally live in a place like North Carolina to see that. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's to get nuts. a little elevation and yeah. get a view. And on the way there, this was mind boggling to us in the desert. They had free, completely isolated, giant, beautiful gardens of wildflowers. Mm. And they were just like, well, here's the edge of the freeway at an exit. The on-ramp and off-ramp make this big diamond or triangle shape. And mm-hmm. they had all this grass. And so let's mow the grass. Oh, let's also just Put in some flowers. Yeah, plow it and flower. Why not? Put a flower, you know, plow it and add some seeds, and then, you know, it rains enough there. They just, they, there was no water. No, no being, plumbing. Being, no plumbing there, so it was just rainwater. It's amazing. And these amazing, just giant swaths of wildflowers <laughs> and poppies and sunflowers. Tulips, sunflowers. And, so it was nuts. Not tulips, huh? No, it was just no. everything else. Yeah, it was It was pretty crazy. Uh, I just Things that would have been in a botanical garden here in Utah were just their trash beds of flowers. Well, you just don't see that in Arizona, Utah, Idaho. You just don't kind of see those things. It's too dry here. Yeah. If you were to try and do something like that, it'd be so expensive. Oh, yeah, because you'd have to irrigate it. Not only bring in the good soil there, you're going to irrigate it, and you're going to check it and have the weeds that spontaneously grow throughout it. Yeah. I mean, it's just a nightmare. But there they had this uniform color all the way through. And you see in Jordan Yance's video, it actually has come out today. We're recording this right now, the day of the 24th. We're a little behind on finishing this half. And it came out today. You could see Jordan Yance's video over on his YouTube channel. And right away in the beginning of the video, goes, we've been driving for less than an hour and we're already stopped because of this. <laughs> and it shows that Brendan and I are giddy and jumping out in the wildflowers that are what? 
my shoulder width, my shoulder height. So yeah, like up to waist. our heads almost. Like it was <laughs> yeah. nuts. So cool. Bees are bustling everywhere. And so it was very photogenic, very cool. And we were driving through the little tiny. This is right off the freeway, guys. It's nuts. Yeah, we were so entranced by their beautification of their freeways. It's like, wow, look at that. Oh, look at those. They're and all it probably orange didn't cost and them, and it cost them hardly anything to do it, too. Just That's what's so crazy. It would cost us so much here in the West <laughs> that it cost them almost nothing there. So we're enjoying these islands, oasis of wildflowers and sunflowers all throughout the freeway on our way there. And we finally start to get some elevation. And it was so pretty to see now the Blue Ridge Parkway Mm -hmm. area. Up on the Blue Ridge Parkway, you're in a tiny two-lane road that, what was it, 45 miles per hour? Yeah. Yeah, so but it got kind of hairy at 45. Some of those turns were pretty sharp. Oh, some yeah. S turns and stuff. It's like the the the, the speed limit didn't change <laughs> during those so like tankers, and everybody's just like rawr, 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 like zooming around. These things are <laughs> like. Uh. Brennan yeah. was dreaming of the day to go back there with a nice low profile convertible and just oh, yeah. zip around that. And we saw some people driving their Porsches <laughs> and their Corvettes and their <sighs> and the Camaros and yeah, we yeah they it's were awesome eating it place up. to drive. <laughs> Definitely. So as you're going through that, you're not traveling a great distance. Probably what would take you normally an hour to drive just straight, mm-hmm. and it takes us about two three hours to drive in the slow 45 mile per hour windy road. Yeah, and we're there for fall colors. We want to see mm-hmm. fall colors. And as our first few overlooks, we see nothing in color. Just so green. All green. Very green. So that's so disappointing. And we weren't sure what would change. We made it to what was Price's Lake. Price's mm-hmm. Lake mm-hmm. started having colors. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But it just, we got out with our cameras, midday, harsh light, kind of some colors. I had a 70 to 300 L lens that I rented from awesomelensprotogo.com. And I just, I didn't really have a reason to use it. Mm. I, I could have zoomed in on those few colors, but eh. yeah, yeah. What's well, the composition without any other atmosphere and interest for? There's nothing. It was yeah, just, mm. yeah. We knew we knew after day one, and then starting the day two that we were pretty skunked when it came to the the amazing fall colors that you normally get at this time of year. Yeah, because we were. I mean, it, literally, we should have been on like the second week of peak historically and everything even here and across the whole country it seems like everything was like pushed back a whole month yeah everything got warm and kept staying warm and it was 80 degrees when we were out there and summer again nothing was changing and as we got higher in elevation and past prices lake we finally finally saw something Mm -hmm. and it was very exciting to see just reds and oranges and yellows spotty but there were good enough chunks that we're thinking, okay, we might have to drive back there and take that shot. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a weird shot. Wouldn't it be great? But we have this road. Maybe it'd be cool. And we're starting to get close to the Lynn Cove Viaduct. Mm-hmm. And that area is where we started seeing some serious color. Thank freaking goodness, because it was our first destination. Our main destination yeah. of the yeah. trip was to see that awesome, famous Lynn Cove Viaduct. Yeah. And what's cool is uh, once we parked the car and we could walk along this path along the road for quarter mile maybe it was really short yeah yeah and then it kind of went down and around the viaduct and then there's another um i i I was looking around i'm like we're looking at the photos we're like okay this has got to be taken like really close to this spot you know yeah because the photos you see where we were where we're standing and the path just kind of terminates or goes down to the left which is obviously not where the photo was taken and i'm looking across the street i'm like hey there's a little tiny start of a path right there i think yeah tiny 
It's not and obvious, but it is once you get there. When I looked up from that path, I saw a big boulder. I'm like, that's got to be it. <laughs> it felt like the whole time looking at other photos that this is going to be much higher up the mm-hmm. hill. And so that boulder looked like a start. Yeah. But it yeah. didn't seem like it. Yeah. So we went up the path and we climbed over this boulder and the path kept going up. And then when the path went up, it actually teed out and then said like a Yakina, Lackawanna Yaka. Trail or something like something that. Something like that. Um and it was going both directions. I'm like, what the heck? This is crazy cool. And it was totally like forested. It looked like I was in the middle of the Amazon jungle. <laughs> it was so cool. Mossy looking tree bark. Oh yeah. Like there was moss on the, the, the you know, the roots were coming out of the ground, all cool like, and little <laughs> pools of water and moss everywhere. And it was just like so lush. We just do not get that here in the West at all. And so it was like really cool uh, to see that. So when we turned back around and went up the rock, we Im- immediately saw this is obviously the spot. This is the place. We're standing on this rock and thinking, yeah, this is the good angle, mm-hmm. but look at how the tree growth is. It's like we have to be only on this side of the rock. Mm-hmm. And you guys got to remember, you guys got to picture this. Um, tip a refrigerator over and stand on it with two people. That's pretty much the space of this rock. Yeah, except the refrigerator sides come up to a point. <laughs> yeah. And so you don't even have that flat surface to enjoy. <laughs> only it was flat. We're literally like perched on top of this like, I mean, it was probably not even a foot wide. It was probably close to like 10 inches wide, and the top of this point. And then it slowly tapered down. And uh, there were three other, there were two other rocks. It was kind of like three refrigerators tipped on their side and stacked. And we were on one. And then one, one like on was, its point. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. <laughs> and that point, and as it goes out to its edge, that's the best spot to see one beyond the leaves and the trees that are right there in front of you and to see that nice S curve of the Lynn Cove viaduct. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you've seen the pictures, you can picture right now, there's this viaduct that's an elevated roadway that is s curving around the hill and the hill itself is at a nice diagonal heading towards the road and under the road and mm-hmm. so you get that really interesting line that goes from the bottom left of your composition to the top right and this s curve that cuts through it mm-hmm. and takes your eyes through the image of what's happening in the scene whether it's a milky way whether it's trees uh, i know christopher derrick was going to try and get a milky way shot out in that spot and it wasn't the right time of year when he went out to test oh, his 14 right, millimeter roking right, on right. in fact he was at school and he almost joined this in Wilmington. I know because I saw pictures on his uh, Facebook or Instagram. Yeah, he was that Instagram was, just the other day down yeah. there and saw the better color. He had much better oh my color. Gosh, yeah, he had lots of yellows and way more oranges and reds. So we're jealous of you, Chris, and we wish we could have hung out with you out there. It went awesome. Next yeah. year, though, we will be back. You're probably not done with school by then. Let's plan on it, man. Let's plan on being out there at the same time. We'll keep yeah. in contact with you. So the Linco Viaduct, from this little perch, we're thinking, okay, this could work. We're dealing with a situation of being midday, and so we kind of mm-hmm. just scouted it. Yeah, yeah. And we didn't have anything else to do but that. We're thinking we're coming back, either sunset or sunrise. Looking out at the east, we're thinking, okay, it's got to be a sunrise, yeah. and we'll come back, hopefully. But it was up in the air. It's up in the air whether we'd have time to come and make that two-and-a-half-hour drive each way and it's like do Mm -hmm. you want to do it yes i do i mean we're out here only once right so we left the linco viaduct after hanging out there doing some videos just excited that we found it Mm -hmm. seeing that man four or five tripods max at least 
with a uh, typical leg extension. It's even that. We had two up there when we talk about it here in a minute, but we'll go ahead and yeah. leave from that spot because as we left from that spot, we went to lunch real quick and we mm-hmm. had a family emergency with Jordan Yance's family and he had to get home. And so we had to cut that day short. No sunset photography. Beeline at home, yeah. Beeline at home. And when we're out there in this area of Greensboro and we're thinking, okay, let's go out for the sunset. It's about 10 minutes from now, sunset. We have plenty of time to find something, right? Wait a sec. We're looking around as we're driving. We're completely in shadow. Mm-hmm. As flat as this area is, the trees are so high, there was nowhere we could think of going. Mm. But then the moon rose, and that was spectacular. <laughs> but we still didn't have a good place to, to pull over. No. Jordan pulled over on his way home and got a and got to try to get a couple of shots of the moon. I think they weren't really, they didn't really pan out, but. Um, but that night showed us that that moon was going to be fantastic mm, the next night when mm, we were going to be down at the beach on the ocean with yeah. complete clear views of it. Yeah. And so we're like, okay, that's going to be great. But now Brenda and I are thinking we want to do sunrise, but what happened last mm, night, we don't want that same shade. So where are we going to find, and this is where location scouting mm, practice came into play because we started using, pulling out all the tricks to try and find a location that worked as a higher elevation or wide open area that allowed us to use photo pills, match up spots and find that sunrise where it would actually give us some direct light and not be in shadow. Yeah. So first we ran Google and Google mapped the heck out of the area to see, okay, is there some kind of feature that'd be cool? We found a couple of lakes that we thought might be, yeah. might be a good start for sunrise. Okay. Then we pulled out our photo pills and then we found that lake on the map and said, okay, you know, where's, where's the best position on this lake? And on Google maps, I found a dock and thought hmm, that dock's kind of interesting, but oh, unfortunately it's just not quite like lining up the way yeah, it's I a want short it to position of seeing like, the sun, not it, like, long. Yeah. It's almost like this little peninsula comes in the way and there's this other bridge that goes across like that might be a better point. But then we looked on Google maps and what's awesome about it. Someone had a, done a couple panos in the area yeah. and right on that bridge too. we could see it was chain linked on both sides, like six feet higher. Like, ah, <laughs> that's going to be nasty. So no guys, Google maps street view is your best oh, friend yeah. for this. Cause you, it, until you pick up that little yellow guy and decide where to put them, you don't see those 360 panorama balls mm-hmm. where they're at on the map. So lifting that up and now dragging it and hovering over the area, we could see all the street view spots and we saw this 360 bubble right on that little causeway yeah. that was going to be the position and we could see, okay, there's a stupid like neck high chain link mm-hmm. fence in that spot. Yeah. So we'll shoot over it if anything, but at least there was something that worked. Yeah. We got an idea of the terrain. So Google, I mean, Street View works great if you're in town, but if you're not in town, if you're looking for something outside of town, then Google Earth is your next best bet. Yeah. Checking out the terrain. Mm-hmm. We spent a lot of time on that too, trying to find elevated positions. Yeah. We just didn't know, I mean, are we going to get to that hill and be excited about it, but then discover that that coloring in the Google Earth wasn't just waist high bushes. It was mm. freaking 30 feet high trees right and yeah we could get to the top of that hill but we're still looking through a completely covered canopy of trees right right so we just we, we decided on the lake and we went to bed and woke up that morning in time to go out to that sunrise and man i think it turned out that lake was pretty awesome um <laughs> we do not get the foggy lakey mist mornings here uh in the West? No. That was spectacular to see that. That really cool. I mean, we did get some at Mirror Lake, but that was like the middle of the night after it started cooling down. We started getting a little of that, but yeah. this was like thick. 
And it was like, obviously, like we could have zoomed in and got a time lapse of just beautiful mist flowing across the water. Oh, it's so active. It's so alive. It's awesome yeah. looking. Yeah. It's like, it's just like smoke. How it has like a life of its own. And just the slight breeze would just give it this <laughs> texture and character. And it was just so <laughs> fun to watch. And then the, then the clouds are lighting up minutes before the, I mean, quite a few minutes before the sun actually rose, the sky just got on fire. It was awesome. So let's talk a little bit about our photography there because this will give us a chance to talk about what went well and what didn't go well. Mm-hmm. When we're getting to the location, we see that we need to walk down this pathway. And as we get on the pathway, we see that dock that Brendan saw earlier. Mm-hmm. And we're thinking, let's just go try it out because it's actually pretty photogenic. Yeah. It was a wooden dock, very clean, neat looking wood, not very modern, not a lot of signage. It was mm-hmm. pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Had some benches out there. So we're like, let's try this area because we thought... We'll go to on the edge of the water, the edge where the water and the land meet. Right. We can find any place along the banks and we can set up, but it is not that way. No. There is so much growth in North Carolina. <laughs> it's, a, it's like a swamp before you get to the, yeah, I mean, because in the West, we're used to having a bank of water next to sand, rock, or boulder. Flat rock yeah, land. something we can just stand on or just get right in the water there really easily. Not so with the <laughs> overgrowth in the areas like North Carolina where the trees literally grow into the water, onto the land, everywhere there's roots and foliage and just like there's just no way. Hey, there's no way we can set up a tripod there. so much there. water, it grows so well. It's yeah. either cut out for roads or it's lake water cut out or it's tree growth. That's just it. Yeah, and if you wanted to take a picture of where you're slightly off of that like peninsula, which would be the perfect spot, you literally would have to put waders on and wade yeah. into the water about three or four feet. Who knows how deep it is at that point too. Maybe it was a pretty <laughs> right. deep lake. It's true. It could have dropped off real fast. So we quickly settled and said, okay, we're going to stay here for the sunrise on this dock. Mm-hmm. What was one of the things that went really well for you on that dock? The dock was really cool because um, whether you're in the front or towards the back, you could get a cool leading line with the rails going towards the, so the dock came out like a T. So it came straight out from the, from the land and then teed out and just had this nice little T-shaped dock and uh, crisscross like um, pylons and stuff below it. And so no matter what, almost no, almost no matter where you were standing, you could get something kind of cool incorporating that dock in your shot. And so I just, I just moved around quite a bit and took a few different shots. And I'm reluctant to say this, but I haven't actually processed any of those shots yet. It's a whirlwind right now. <laughs> I mean, with me not going to work, because I don't have a job anymore, Brendan and I are taking advantage of that and getting out. And, and some of you actually express that and understand like, hey, you guys are enthusiastic for this. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Like Richard was telling me, Richard Gold, he was saying, you guys just keep going and being optimistic and, pe- and just get out and do the photography part. Don't worry about your income, revenue streams, and all that jazz. Just go out and have fun doing photography. And so that's really our already mindset mm-hmm. is that. Mm-hmm. And so we've been going out a lot. And so just coming back and sitting at the desk and processing images, we just haven't had time. Yeah, because we took so many pictures on that trip too. It's just like, oh, okay, yeah. where do I start? And I was I, just thinking, just like, oh my gosh, there's like uh, probably a hundred pictures I might be able to start processing from that whole that trip. Sunrise. Like, it's so overwhelming. <laughs> at sunrise alone, you probably have five good candidates, and which one's the best? Right. You just don't know right now. Right. But as far as how it felt on scene, what went well for me is that I sat there, was trying to capture the atmosphere. Mm-hmm trying to capture the sunrise color in the sky. And let's transition this into both my what went well and what didn't go well because my challenge was 
I had a dock that I wanted some light hitting it. And I liked the idea mm. of the golden hour light as the sun's already up. But the trees, they were going to be going for <sighs> quite so a while. They're so tall. And so yeah. what didn't work was the idea that I'm either going to composite two completely color moments because the exposure would be completely different. Mm. The colors in the sky were completely different just to get the light on my dock that was direct light. And so I was like, screw it, screw it, screw it. So what went well is I was starting to understand as I've done more and more landscape photography, light's hitting it. And the source of light is coming from that horizon almost globally across the sky. Mm -hmm. It's not necessary from one single point. Mm -hmm. And so I still have a beneficial light and dark contrast on my dock from the early sunrise before the sun had ever come up. So I'm choosing one frame from that shot where the color's really pretty, the atmospheric foggy water is looking cool, and then my dock, what I have on highlights and and low lights and the dark shadows, I'm just going to let them tell a story where the light's Mm -hmm. coming from and not worry about waiting and compositing two images and plus that's great it means i only have one image to edit Mm. one image to make look nice bring out the highlights and shadows bring out everything that make everything sing i just don't have to worry about compositing anything and i love that a whole lot more yeah 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 and that's the thing is um the more experience you get as a as a photographer it's almost like you can really pick and choose your moments because i often bracket I found myself bracketing like a lot. And right now my right. camera's currently set up to bracket five images at like um, a third of a stop each. Are you doing that through the built-in Canon software? Yeah. Or are you doing it yeah, with Yeah, I am. Lantern? You can just hit the, when you're on, when I got the screen, the menu to screen on the back, I can just cue, you know, cue it over to um, my exposure. Then you just wheel it, the thumb wheel, and then it starts, and then it's just pulling your, you know, you start pulling your brackets apart, how far apart you want mm-hmm. them. And I pull them like a whole stop on each side. And so that gives me like a really dark and a really light and five images. And I sometimes only pick three out of those five to process. I don't go with extreme dark and extreme light. But at light, least you have them just but in I have case. Them. Yeah, yeah. Because every situation is a little bit different too. So I figure, okay, if I get five, I'm always going to use at least three, maybe four, depending on the situation. And it gives me a lot more flexibility. But then sometimes just like, eh, this is great. I just gonna take one raw shot and it's going to be fantastic and I can work with that, you know? Mm-hmm, and right. so it's interesting to see which situations you pick and choose from because the more experience you get, the more you just, uh, just like, sometimes I'm just like, yeah, one shot, this is looking awesome. I'm like, wait a minute, I can bracket this too. It only takes me five seconds to set up a bracket shot and do it. So <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's interesting how that works out. Uh, I didn't, didn't do much bracketing that day. I don't think that morning. I think I did a little bit more after the sun had risen, trying to get that little red tree that was on the on the oh, swampy, yeah. you know, side of the water there. The fog was still going. We didn't have anything to worry about the sunlight. We just had a nice golden hour playing. Mm-hmm. And we walked down to the causeway just to see what it would have been and would have been like if we yeah. wanted it. And while we we're there, Brendan's like, Oh, look at that red tree. This single by itself red tree. It was looking really cool. And I had a 300 millimeter lens to hand over to him. And he took some time waiting for the light to hit that. Yeah. And we kind of got to pay off. I think we got the light just barely because the trees around it were so tall and green, but it was so red and vibrant sticking out from all of that. It would have been some cool color contrast to work with. I just think that, um, I don't know. I was just thinking about that a minute ago. Like, okay, am I going to start processing that? I should go home and look at that and see if it's even worth maybe cropping in a little bit and do something creative there. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I want to go home tonight and actually start looking at those shots because now it's in my memory and in mm-hmm. my mind. And I'm like, okay, maybe something could sing out of that. I don't know. Yeah. 
at least an Instagram post or something. It was nice. It was pretty. So, so great sunrise. Always end a sunrise with a great breakfast, guys, because mm. going out and getting a good pancake waffle breakfast. North Carolina had a good place. Uh, Mom and Paws? No. It was some two names. Great diner. It was it was pretty delicious, and we hung out there for breakfast and just uh, spend so much money on food because it's so good to just, okay, I'm tired, yeah. ready to eat some food. I know. Let's go. Do we end up having a nap before we left that day? I think we even went back home, got we, some more sleep. I think we did. Because we were going to yeah. take off to Wilmington, and Brendan and I were still suffering from not jet lag necessarily, but probably some. Yeah, because we didn't get any sleep on the trip out, on the flight no. out, so it was just crazy. And this was the day of our five-hour drive to go to Wilmington. So you go from the Greensboro area, you go past Raleigh, and keep mm-hmm. heading to the east, and you go to a Fort Fisher area. So that night we had our listener adventure at Fort Fisher and out to the Wilmington beachside. And, mm-hmm. man, when we arrived, the atmosphere of light as the sun sun was just about to golden hour it was 6 p.m at night and it was just like the wave clatter the the sand in the air just everything gave this the wind and the yeah there just, was something thick in the atmosphere that was making the light just glow mm-hmm. everything was awesome the toughest decision we had to make where we see a bunch of really really neat picturesque photograph photogenic uh, trees but if we took a picture of those trees and got them with the sunset, we could have been anywhere. Yeah. We weren't on the beach. And so you had this kind of feeling of we're here, we're in the ocean, we're incorporating water somehow. Mm-hmm. Let's not get distracted by the photogenic of that. We don't have time. Let's just enjoy the ocean. And so you went scouting and tried some waves and crashing. And Brendan, you got wet again for your yeah. second time on the trip. Day two. <laughs> Wet again. That wasn't freaking day two. I was day, day three. This was day three. I guess I did stay dry First day First day, stay dry day two, but you lost your wallet. And then day <sighs> three. Guys, I lost my, I thought I lost my wallet in the car <laughs> at lunch when we were at the Blue Ridge Parkway the day before. If you watch Jordan Yance's video, you can see that we go to that peddling pig for lunch. And that's where you see us in the background looking at the car. We're scouting through the car, scouring it yeah. for his wallet. And I knew... And I'm trying to think like, okay, I had it last night because I bought these new boots. Clearly I had it last night. And the only place we went from there was Rogers, straight to Rogers. So we went, we tore Rogers place apart that oh, afternoon. Literally, pillows off it. the couch, underneath. I'd things. only been in three rooms, living room, bathroom, and the bedroom I was staying in. That's it. And I'm like, it's not here. <laughs> Where the heck could it be? Because then I started thinking, because this thing is your brain gets so foggy when you have zero sleep. <laughs> right. Like we had literally almost no sleep the whole time. And my brain just literally would not recall. Like I swear I had it in the car, but because of the pedaling pig, I'm just like, wait, where's my wallet? Like I know I, did I have it this morning? I thought I have this morning. Crap, did I even bring it? Like, I'm just thinking, it was just nuts. And we're at Blue Ridge Parkway all day. You're bending over everything. You may be in those bushes or the wildflowers on the freeway. Where could it have fallen out? So, I mean, so to fast forward to after that night, after the beach, we... um, Well, not after the beach. It's before we left for the beach. We're at Jordan's house. We're at Jordan's house before the beach. We're at Jordan's house on our way to go. footage and our photos looking... (laughs) Like CSI, <laughs> guys. We were CSI TV episode guys are like, hey, can you uh, zoom in and enhance? So we're like looking. It's like, okay, well, look, that wallet, it's in his pocket right there. At, so uh, he did Bojangles. have it this morning. Yeah. That restaurant in Bojangles, we saw him in a profile walk by and we could tell. The square's oh, in the back there's pocket. There's a yep, square back it's there. It's definitely there. Okay. <laughs> so he had it this morning. I'm like, okay, yes, I do remember that because I took my wallet out thinking I was going to pay, but then Aaron paid with his card. So I was like, okay. So I did have it this morning. 
So where the heck is it? You we, know, we started calling everywhere. We asked. Bojangles they had didn't it. have it. No Dicks, I'm just like, it. just in case they left their dicks, but then like, no, because obviously they have it. Bill Jingles is the next day, and we're, so we're at the point where we're thinking, uh, is it? Is nothing is showing up on your bank account, so no one's actually using it. So that gives us confidence that it's somewhere that it's probably still with somewhere. us. And I'm thinking, dude, it's got to be somewhere in the car. We're I mean, worried about flying back car. home too because your license is in there. Right? Will they let you verify your identity some other way? I mean, you don't have any don't, other proof of who you are. Did they actually check our license on the, on the way home? When you go through a the very custom, first security, not customs, but the just very, the security check, they're like license and boarding yes, pass. Yes, that's true, yeah. Some sort of photo ID and boarding pass. And so we're passport. starting to think of scenarios. Okay, so obviously this has happened before. People lost their wallet, their ID, oh, beach yeah. or whatever, and they're trying to go home. So how does this work? So we're thinking, oh, crap, we have to call the airlines and figure out some situation now, how to get temporary ID and all this stuff. And it's just like... It would have been a nightmare. Yep. All the rigmarole we'd have to go through to get that done would just been, we would have wasted, we would have wasted hours. So Roger's like, that. before we leave guys, let's just all check one time in the car. And we're like, we checked the car at Peddling Pig. We checked the car in the dark that night before we went to bed. Yeah. We checked everywhere else. Like, it's not in the car. And I didn't have but... that sinking feeling like, oh crap, dude. You know, like, like when you know when something bad happened, you have that sinking <laughs> feeling in your yeah. gut. I didn't actually have that. So I'm like, I don't have that sinking feeling, so maybe it's actually somewhere here, you know? I mean, we're talking a rental car, so we don't have history in there. There's nothing in the car. Right. I've looked myself in every car door with a light, without a light. I've looked at everything. It's not in the car. So we go out with Jordan and, and Roger, and One we start looking. One more time. One last time. We'll go look, right? 30 seconds later. I stick my hand in the side pocket of the door and do this little crunch the hand and then boop it hits something i'm like no way he lifts it, was it in up. the freaking shadow Ugh. of the pocket oh, i'm so angry just right now when you look down it. in the door you c- literally could not see it because it was literally leaning I and mean, this is a george costanza wallet here okay it's <laughs> fat and it would have like opened like this yeah you know it, it but could why be a it puppet. didn't you could use it as no a dummy idea. Like it should have opened up because it was sitting on the v and it should have just opened up because it's so heavy it was trying to hide and it was literally like up against the side like insane i'm in the back with roger and jordan and he lifts it and goes hey guys here it is i'm like i found it. <laughs> that's not in there he just pulled it out of his hiding place and he's like <laughs> i found it guys like haha i've been playing Burn you guys you. this whole time but no he wasn't no it was actually there i literally put my hand in there too but what i did and i think i might have too the visible parts i went in and i kind of run my hand all around but I never went and felt the form factor of that, you know, plastic the, pocket. Yeah, because it has like this little lip that just goes over just a yeah, tiny just bit. Just a little bulbous. Oh my god! And it was freaking hiding in there the whole time. I couldn't believe it. For the rest of the night, I would bring it up all the time. Oh, that stupid wallet was in there. I can't believe it. I I, I feel like I have no credibility anywhere. And I once get I Jeff set- Peterson lost, <laughs> I can't find a wallet. I can't even put my hand in a small pocket and be trusted to see that I've completely covered the area. Well, and the thing is, once I took it out of there and I was holding my wallet, then I remembered, yeah, I think I do remember sticking it in this pocket now. <laughs> you only remember it once you've gone yeah, back. Yeah, it was so, yeah. Because your brain will play tricks on you <laughs> when you don't get sleep. It's bad. You know? So day one, he gets soaked. Day two, he loses his wallet, and we spend serious time checking footage, archive footage. We probably spent a solid hour of actually yeah. looking for the wallet. Before we left, because we wanted to make sure that yeah. we had that. And it was just nuts to think that we are chronicling so much of our event <laughs> that we have all these different locations <laughs> that we can do butt 
checks. Okay, yeah. he his butt doesn't come into the frame. Oh. He's like, ah, oh. he's like, I stopped it just before that. It's like, this is the only time I've ever wanted to like really pay attention to how many times Brendan's butt comes into frame. But it was we were pretty really, funny. It's yeah. really important that we found the profile butt just right. Saw the wallet, couldn't see. Okay, he didn't have it there, but he did have it here. So somewhere between Bojangles and the wildflowers on the freeway, Brendan lost his wallet. So when they were thinking, do we have to go through the wildflowers and scour that? And- you and I are starting to think, okay, well, tomorrow morning we'll drive all the way to the parkway again. We wanted to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. This gives us an excuse, and we'll check all those overlooks and see if maybe it fell out. Right. There's a place that in one of the first overlooks where it was out, and he hunched over and took pictures, and maybe it came out of his pocket, even though that makes no sense at all. Yeah, because when you bend over in jeans, that just clamps in so tight. I mean, it's like there's no way your wallet's going <laughs> to yeah. fall out. When you, yeah, I mean, it's just like it's impossible. So once again, Jordan's just like, man, these guys are seriously these type of people. <laughs> this is not a, this is not a ploy. This is not a personality they put on. This is not a show. No, it's like he's. A, <laughs> That's exactly who we are. It's like you know what? It's who we are when we're completely sleep deprived. Which is half the time we go out, we're completely sleep deprived. Half, so. I think it's seventy-eight okay. percent. Yeah, that's true. It's so high. So Natalie, if you happen to be on the lucky twenty-five percent of the time that we're actually not sleep deprived, <laughs> we're actually kind of cool to hang out with. I think. Oh yeah, but, I think. You you guys would enjoy us. So <sighs> Natalie just recently posted on our Facebook group and she's like, Hey guys, Milky Way season's almost over. How do you guys feel? Put a G, you know, a GIF, a GIF response to this message of how you feel about Milky Way season. And everyone's like, hooray, like spastic dancing. Awesome. It was fantastic. And I posted, I'm like so tired. And I put a picture of like a puppy falling asleep. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, that's how I feel after the Milky Way season because it was the, you're not getting any sleep this year, buddy. Like we could use a break now. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I'm falling asleep right now. So that was day two, day three, yep. and he's now wet again in like the first 30 minutes of being at Fort Fisher. Yeah, I, I got pretty close to those waves hit, crashing against the wa- rocks, and I thought I found a good spot where I can get the waves kind of splashing and getting the backlit sunlight coming through. I'll do some fast shutter and get some cool, like, action is standing still. Yeah, moment froze a moment in time kind of thing. And uh, I thought I was doing pretty good. I was in a nice little spot where the no waves were crashing, all of a sudden, wha-bam, it's just like, <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> my whole left leg, my whole left side was not totally drenched, but pretty wet. And it probably took a good two or three hours before it actually like dried out. <laughs> Jordan and I had filmed this opener for his Picture Monk video, and Brennan was gone. And then he came back. To, we were just waiting there in that position just in case anyone showed up for Listener Adventure. Spoiler alert, no one no one could make it. No one could make it that night. We gave you like four days notice, so it's yeah. too bad that no one out in the area could drive the 16 hours or four hours to join us. Yeah. We don't blame yeah. you. You're not as crazy as Brendan and I where it's like, oh, it's only a six-hour drive. Let's do it. Yeah. So we were waiting there. Brennan was scouting an area, and he comes back, and he comes back wet. It was like our child's back. Like, seriously? You're wet again? <laughs> what the heck? And then, then I uh, checked the camera equipment, and you are fine again, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, my camera only got barely, barely splashed. I mean, just a couple of drops. And then uh, we go to the car, and we're looking around. We're like, well, what happened to Roger? Where's Jordan's oh, dad? Roger. Where's Jordan's dad? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, he went that way. It's like, so we get in the car, we start driving that way, and then we see him at the end of the road. Hey, okay. So we pull over. He gets in, he's like, hey guys, I just fell into a hole. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He seriously fell in a hole. Like you picture this area of a bunch of boulders, and around the boulders big are boulders. Sand. These big, were some massive boulders. boulders. Yeah. And so you got the sandy area around him. So you just kind of assume that all that area around him is compact and good to walk on. 
and he walks around one to try and get through them to a shot, and... He steps on what's solid ground, what he thinks is solid ground. <laughs> Sinkhole. So I don't know how this forms. Maybe it was a spider web or something, or maybe like the sand gets moist and over time kind of builds these walls and the walls slowly kind of creep into each other and then form. And then a couple of inches of sand continue to form on top of this yeah, like we're talking shallow like base. A two, two feet wide space. Yeah, I mean like, like his whole body, he said he said his tripod practically stopped him from falling. He he's he remembers he's thinking tall. halfway through, like, how far am I gonna fall? <laughs> because he's a I mean he's not a short guy. He's probably, you know, no. five eight to five ten, you know, and so it's like and he's just like up to his elbows. I would have been swallowed by the chasm if it was me. And uh, <laughs> so he's like, I thought it was like Solid ground was like two or three <laughs> inches, and I stepped through. And was like, bam! He's fallen, and he's like, I had to help my put my tripod in between these boulders to keep me from falling. He's he takes like, a bunch of hits to nuts. his body of rock, rock, rom, and then finally he kind of stopped. Yeah, and scratched up his elbow and his oh, he was bleeding a little when bit. he came back. Yeah, yeah, I was like, what the heck? <laughs> it's like if he hadn't gotten out of that, and we start looking for him, we could have been a foot away from like Roger. Where are you? And we would yeah, not we have seen maybe him. seen his head <laughs> you know, hey in between the boulders. It's like Tom Hanks in the Money Pit. Right. I'm up here. <laughs> I'm up here. I thought the Care Bears had a right. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie, but it's hilarious. It's an awesome movie. When he falls into the hole in the ground because the rug's over it. Yeah. He can't see. He takes a step and whoop. And he gets locked in because he's holding and counting money. And so his elbows are in tight. And he ends up getting his elbows <laughs> lodged in the hole with his body. And his shoulder width is the only thing that keeps him from going all the way through the hole. And he's trapped there for hours. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. It was so funny. Gosh, you got to watch Money Pit, guys. Well, so... Roger nearly died. Brendan's wet again. And Jordan and I are thinking, man, we're fine. Let's go ahead and find that location. Fort Fisher is one of those North Carolina areas where you're hitting the water on the ocean. But then you also have, what do they call that? The like key? a causeway or something? Or? That, that, that water space, the gap between mainland and this causeway of land, this island of land. Not a peninsula. Spillover or something. It was something like that. Yeah, I don't know the it like, term. It like slows the wave down. So it's like a wave breaker. So oh, you're like, talking about the exact rocks. I'm talking about the yeah, entire yeah. land that we had oh. driven on. What that whole land is where it's separated from the mainland and there's water. So yeah. then you're driving down that and then that space between the water and the mainland, they have an extra causeway, a breaker right, right. that was created. And that's the asphalt covered rock pile mm-hmm. that we went walking out on. Yeah, yeah. And it is really photogenic. It is actually. It you, was uh, surprising how how much texture was on that. Um, that could have been really kind of stupid or gross looking originally, maybe when they first did it, it was just tarmac over some rocks. But since the tarmac was like 30, Cracking, 30 years broken. old, yeah, there's deep cracks, big breaks. You can see this, this granite boulders and lots of it because it was just falling apart like crazy. So yeah, you got to picture a pile of rocks that had been extra help to stick together with some tarmac concrete, you know, mm-hmm asphalt you know yeah. all along it and it goes in a very straight line then it curves at a nine at like a 45 and goes another direction out in the yeah, distance yeah. and our sunset is going right down that line to the right of it and so quickly what went well and poorly for you in your photography there um it was kind of a challenge because it was kind of like the foreground or only a foreground option was that causeway was those rocks and that tarmac right but it was also very interesting um texture and you had like kind of rough rougher waters on the left and then calmer waters on the right and so you could kind of get some cool contrast there um then when jordan got home that night 
or the next day we went to Jordan's and he showed us a couple of pictures he'd already started processing from that. I was extremely immediately jealous. I'm oh, like, I'm me like, too. he got this really low angle. He did a long shutter and the water looks smooth and perfect. And I was just like, dude, oh my gosh, if I can even make any of my images look as good as this, I'd be happy. Yeah. In my and I don't know if I did. I don't know if I did. <laughs> I feel that way too. I mean, in my composition, I was focusing on the fact that there were a ton of clouds on the horizon. Mm. And Brendan and I are a little bit spoiled. Well, okay, we're crazy spoiled in Milky Way photography. But when it comes to sunsets, mm. our trips are usually, it's tough for us to find the money and time to go out as far as we want to go. And so we typically line them up with Milky Way nights. Mm-hmm. Is then if it's if it's a if we get but like uh, if we go and get skunked for the Milky Way, it's because there's tons of clouds and right. then hey, landscape photography. But for the most part, we would actually be fine with clouds except for on the freaking Milky Way court, which was our curse of this year. I can't believe it. But anyway, we would go out and there just wouldn't be a good landscape photography night. Not enough clouds, not enough interest. Mm -hmm. And so out there, we were so excited seeing that there were tons of clouds right there. And it was, you know, partly cloudy. So it gave space for the sunlight to hit. Yeah, when we first arrived, those big puffy clouds right above us hanging. Oh, yeah, everywhere. And just creating this beautiful light shining. I mean, there's like, you know, rays shooting through the clouds Mm -hmm. in some places. And you're just like, oh, this is perfect. Like ocean sunset awesomeness that's going to happen. And as soon as the sun started setting, they all went away. Every 10 minutes more disappeared. Oh, and it's just like, where are you going? So now in our composition time, we're looking at the sunset. It's getting gold and orange and it's awesome. And all the awesome clouds are way out, like 30 miles away. Yeah, they're off to the left (laughs) of the sun. And we're like, okay, build our composition around this because if that blows up, that's going to be amazing. And so I'm looking at my composition and I got this causeway in front of me and I can look straight at the sun a little bit off to the right and then put the causeway going through my middle and kind of to the left third. And then I got my clouds over there and I'm thinking, okay, I like the shot. I'll take a couple shots real quick. And then I'm going to angle only over at the clouds and take the sun off frame to the sun off frame mm-hmm. and focus on the clouds thinking, okay, I'm betting on those. Like they need to color up. I want them to color mm-hmm. up and be awesome because then this causeway going diagonally across my composition and carrying out to this part, this part of the image, it, it, it could be good. But the thing is, the causeway didn't point to the sun. The Mm-mm. causeway didn't leading line to those clouds either. Mm-mm. And so I had to do this like cross pattern of the causeway to carry across vertical thirds. So when you have a vertical third composition and you're crossing those planes and going, it, it's interesting, even though it doesn't point necessarily to your subject, which is what the mm. best case scenario is. But when I got down at that angle and I caused it to cross over from left to right, it at least pointed to the brightest spot on my shot. Mm-hmm. So I had at least it pointing over to, hey, here's the top, top right uh third it's full of light full of color and when these clouds blow up it really was going to help my composition it ended up not happening it ended up not lighting those clouds they just kind of all took turns getting a little bit of light they were all just so low to the ground and so close to us that light was quickly off of it the angular light that the sunlight was going to give for a really colorful sunset was already shooting up above it it didn't hit it and everything on those clouds the other side of them were probably lit up really well for those mainland in the inland they could see those clouds lit Mm. up by sun but we couldn't from our perspective we just saw shadow side yeah. So it wasn't that great. And I didn't get as low as Jordan did. I was very low, though. We're talking like mm-hmm. I didn't fail on that. So I might like what I have. But seeing Jordan's image, complete envy. I can't mm-hmm. wait to feature it as a Monday moment of envy because he's in our listener group. And that image is just... 
to be there, to have tried to get something similar. It was similar. like that almost blue hour kind of light. He had the kind of the soft blue, soft purple. Yeah. Haze going on, and it just looked it just looked great. It, it just looked brought really, out the texture of the of the rock in front of it. Yeah, and it felt like it, it was like a really peaceful, but then the rock jagged edges like gave us this contrast of that. And it was just like it was just really cool. I was like, wow, I don't even know. I don't know if I got a shot that good. Like, yeah, I'm like what? And you got to chalk it up to him having been there before. You know oh, that he's yeah. tried other images already yeah. there. Yeah, and now he did something. He was busy doing you know, the All drone footage. Yeah, he was doing yeah, that yeah. and he barely made it in time. Even in his video, he talks about, okay, I got to hurry and get my shot. I haven't done any still images yet. And then he shows up there and he's, he's just like, like boop, boop, nailed like, it. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> Take that yeah. suckers. And we had, chosen locations we had chosen locations and then he's yeah. like hey brendan can i take that spot right next to you he's like yeah and then all of a sudden he's just like <laughs> showed me up here's the Big better time. image and so uh <laughs> so we got a little skunked on the sunset thought you know what okay sunset didn't happen but right behind us the moon is rising the and it's practically full, full. it is no, full, no, full was super full, full. okay full full moon right behind us we just got to turn around and figure out another way to shoot this guy coming up so ah uh, yes and i went inland because i wanted to line up i was using photo pills i was matching up this tree right here is like oh crap no the way that everything goes when you're trying to line up these trees in front of you and choose the parallaxing that you can get where it's like okay now the tree is between me and the moon because i wanted to see a silhouette of the moon well you gotta realize that here i am i want the moon that's over there i want this subject between it if you go to the right the moon is going to go with you to the right and push your subject to the left you go to the left it's like you already think you know that yeah. but when you're in location and you're looking at it, you're thinking okay i'm lining up right here photo pills shows it kind of close I'm going to go more to the right to kind of get that tree in between me and the moon. Well, the moon itself isn't staying still. Yeah. It's not just going to stay there and I just swing around here and get that tree in between me. The moon just kind of came with me. So I had to go far, far left. But then land was an issue far left. There you start running any. out of land on that side. <laughs> on both <laughs> sides, actually. Tracks of land were missing. Yeah. And I couldn't get over there. And it was all swamp. And so I didn't have mm-hmm. waiters to try and make anything of it. And I probably would have gotten stuck in some crap down there. Mm. So I couldn't make that work. So I just went closer to the tree. Closer to the tree gave me a lot more movement. I can go right or left and get that tree in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. And here's what didn't go well. I got to tell you guys that first because there's nothing really to report that went awesome on the moonshot. <laughs> That's tough. 300 yeah. millimeter lens is not enough. Unfortunately, sadly, no, it's not. It's not that big. You need of like a at moon. least 600, I guess. When you look at what Mark G did, we know it was a 500 millimeter or 600 with a, with a 2x doubler. Oh, right. It was and like he a doubled it, millimeter. and he had a crop. And so not ah. only that, it was just intense. So if you're gonna try yeah. and get that silhouette moon that's on an active background and do a time lapse or just a single silhouette shot, mm-hmm. you, you gotta have 500 millimeter plus. You can use the crop to your benefit, use the doubler to your benefit. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just, it did not work with this just straight up 300 millimeter on my full frame camera. Right. While the moon was cool, my eyes saw it magnified a million yeah. times compared to what was on my screen. My screen was like, eh, man, there's a, there's a little light over there that's mm-hmm. the size of like a ping pong ball. Yay. Yeah, so what I did is I actually shot you from back by the causeway still. Is that why I got all those mosquito bites? Because you were shooting me with them? Because there are freaking a million of them. Yeah, I didn't actually see those, but I took some images <laughs> of the moon light glowing across the sky because there's almost nothing in the sky. The moon was right, had risen yeah. and there's almost nothing blocking it. There's almost no clouds. It's cool. And it was nice and clear. 
And so we had these cool, big, huge, like, you know, um, oceanside trees are different than normal inland trees. You know, oceanside trees are kind yeah. of, no, they're kind of like gnarlier. They're and, surviving as they're growing the craziest conditions and yeah. wind. And so they just get Wind perturbed. and sand and yeah, and they just have, it almost looks like a tropical or not tropical, but like a, almost like a tree from Africa or something. It's just really yeah. weird, interesting tree. Everything your imagination says, foreign Really cool, crazy Yeah, land. yeah. And so you were standing there, and then Jordan came up to you, and I caught a couple shots of you with the blue glow, and the trees are black silhouette with you. <laughs> That's cool. And the, and the silhouette as well. And so there's a couple of those I think I can make work, because right out of the camera, I was just like, well, these are looking pretty sweet. Awesome. You know? So uh, Can't wait to see how those go on your Instagram. Yeah, they're just silhouettes, but they look pretty awesome. So, yeah. And the thing that I did to try and save my image, even though the moon was small, is that I just set up a time lapse. And to make the time lapse interesting, I let it go for a long time from bottom of frame to the very top, all the way out of frame, crisscrossing mm. those tree branches. Okay. They're just silhouettes. They weren't really focused on them. It was just that this moon is going to be moving and going behind a lot of different fingers of branches. And That's kind of cool, though. Yeah. I sat there, checked my phone, let it run for a about uh, 30 minutes and got eaten alive by chiggers and crazy mosquitoes that were hungry. And I thought that, um, did I give you some DEET to spray on? I thought I had some DEET on my You bed. offered it to me when we were down there at the Fort Fisher Breaker Rocks, but I'm like, I'm not going to eat guys. I'm fine. I think I sprayed some in my eye. <laughs> I think that's the day I sprayed it in my eye. It literally <laughs> sprayed DEET like right into my eye. But no mosquito bites there. I didn't have any mosquito bites and gnats were so annoying. <laughs> So and, that uh, was Wilmington mm, sunset and full moon moonrise, which I is I did a get a couple time. shots of the moon though over the water from the causeway when you guys first went over to the other side, and then Jordan turns like, "There's the moon." I'm like, "Holy crap!" So we turned our cameras <laughs> around, and because uh, the sun was fully set, we were still getting the couple sunset shots from the afterglow. And he turns around, and is like, "The moon's right there." I'm like, "Whoa!" And it was like already fully risen, and it was like huge, and it was like, "Holy hell!" Whoa, okay, go turn around, go, let's go, <laughs> and so. um I got a couple shots where the moon was over the water and doing the nice like sp like spreading out over the reflection. And so I had to kind of superimpose because I took one shot where it was like um, a fast shutter so I could actually get like the detail of the moon and uh, at a lower ISO. And then I did a normal exposure where the moon's blown out, but the rest of the background everything looks good. And so I kind of superimposed those a little bit, a little bit. I did a little bit of processing on that one just because I was, it looks kind of interesting. I did it portrait as well. And so... Um, eh, it might look. I think it's okay. I might crop it, crop it a little bit, and post that on on Instagram. It's definitely kind of cool looking. So. Can't wait to see it. Let's do yeah. it. I want to yeah. see it. So that marked the last night that we were in North Carolina because the very, yeah, very yeah. final evening we were just gonna get out to the airport, and so we had a day of hanging out doing podcast recording to Jordan that next morning, and so we found your wallet already. Yeah, but that was good. We drove five hours back, leaving at eleven p.m. And we thought the whole drive back while walking, while watching Parks and Rec on Netflix, <laughs> we were thinking, should we do it? Should we drive out to the yeah, out to Lynn Cove Viaduct? Like we're only going to get a couple hours of sleep if we do. It's our last chance. Yep. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. I'm let's down. Let's do it. <laughs> we had a two-hour nap. Persistence. We were we were really strong, and I'm really proud that we were that we said, okay, let's do it. Let's it go out so there. It was so hard waking up. Are you kidding? It was freaking nuts. I get there. I'm trying to fall asleep. I can't. And I, I'm like, I got two hours of sleep. Don't waste a minute. Why do our bodies do that? I swear, like, every time know. you have, like, a short amount of time, like, look, I only got two hours. Your body, like, sabotages you somehow. It drives me crazy. 
<laughs> Why? But that particular day, it didn't. I slept hard. Those two hours, I was like out within minutes. And then the next, the, like the very next minute, beep, 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 my alarm's <sighs> gone off. I'm like, holy cow. I was up for half an hour. So I got like an hour and a half of sleep, <sighs> which is why I almost passed out driving there. So right. we finally left. I think it was 4 a.m. we left because we knew we wanted to get there by no later than 6.30. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we drove straight there. Brendan took over for me after about two hours because I, I was going to fall asleep at the wheel. Yeah. Luckily, you always want to go with two people just for that benefit alone is that you can mm-hmm. take turns. And just, I didn't fall asleep in the passenger seat, but just not having to worry about turning corners, crashing it, it into cars. It does give you some downtime. It does, re- it oh, does it rejuvenate, rejuvenate and relax you a bit, which is nice. So we're back on the parkway and we're going out to the sunrise for this rock and thinking, oh my gosh, should we be here earlier? There is zero space on this rock. Right. There are situations where maybe people decided they wanted to come to the sunrise too. It's the middle of the week, but now it's Friday morning. Mm. So we're thinking maybe someone's off. I'm like, oh no. And we see cars behind us, like following oh, us. We're like, oh, we're in front of car. car or we're behind cars. We're like, oh no. Are they going to the same spot? Then they finally pull over like, oh yes, yes. okay. Whew. So and that one this, that was on your tail for a while. Yeah, and we're like, what the heck, man? Like, do we have to rush down to this place and run to get to the spot before someone <laughs> overtakes it? We were starting to get panicked that we were going to show up at that little pole out Right there. There'd be like three or four cars there. And if there were, we were screwed. We weren't going to have space up there unless we wanted to go and hug some strangers. Yeah. So we get there and there's zero cars. Like, yes, Yes, there's no one else here. So now we're thinking we got to get our gear, go, get our gear, go. I left my phone sitting in the the little chassis that I have that hangs Mm. it there. I left it there on. Remember we came back and the map was sitting there running? It was on sitting in the car. Nice. That's how fast I was trying to get out of there. And, man, I was kind of like grumpy. Let's go, go, go. And we're ready walking out there. And we get about 10 yards from turning off the road to go. We're going to go up. And all Mm -hmm. of a sudden we hear, and there's like four, five, six, seven, who knows how many guys all doing like gorilla monkey barking. At cars when they drove by. We're like, holy crap. And then we hear him. Nut jobs yeah, and then we there. hear him talking and laughing and like pushing each other around yeah. the bushes. And we're like, what the heck, dude? No way. There's someone up there already. They're already there. And there's, there's like, like a group of them. Seven of them. And they're freaking nut jobs. What's going to happen here? Who are we dealing with? Yeah. And you know what, guys? Let me just give you the introduction to them right now and let them explain it. Because I gave them my lapel mic and I had them do a segment. <laughs> and so this segment's coming at you from the guy who's also named Brendan up on the rock. Hey guys, we came out here. This We're on location at the Linco Viaduct and we just found out about a phenomenon called the Brown Mountain Lights. And so Brendan here, not the Brendan from Photog Adventure, but another Brendan who just lost his girlfriend last month. Rest in peace, girlfriend. Uh, he's gonna tell us the story of Brown Mountain Lights. So what the heck are they? Hey, my name's Brendan. I'm here with Brad, Daniel, and Dylan. And these are uh, great guys that uh, luckily, we got to meet and uh, enjoy this uh, sunrise with, and they uh, they didn't push us off the side, so we're going <laughs> to be grateful for that. The story of the Brown Mountain Lights go back very, very far between supposedly uh, an Indian battle between the Native American tribes of Catawba and Cherokee. The story goes that after the vicious battles, the lost, uh, lost ones are trying to return to their loved ones back on this side of uh, the spirit world. Many other explanations have been given over the years as far as runaway slaves. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful place, but the uh, view is often disturbed by weird shaped orbs that uh, christen the side of the mountainside that were never fully explained. 
These orbs can last for a few minutes, only flicker away in seconds. Some nights they are there, some nights they are not. These lights have been seen for uh, hundreds of years. There's no roads on the mountainsides. It's all ATV trails. And these things have not been explained since the lights have been around since before uh, vehicles and uh, trains cut across the mountainside. That's freaking awesome. So, so uh, go around the around the group. Give us your name and uh, why the heck file. you came out here at sunrise. Well, again, I'm Brendan. I uh, came to watch this uh, beautiful dawn and, uh, you know, to make some memories with some good friends. I needed a, a way to reset in life. Well, I'm Bradshaw, and I'm coming back from fall break from Mississippi State, which is why I'm not in class right now. I wanted to see these guys before I left off because I won't be back till Christmas. And just wanted to really have a good time, make some great memories. Awesome. We love you, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> So um, my name is Dylan, and I just wanted to come out here and see this great view. Yeah, I'm Daniel Hardeman. Um, I, I decided to come up here with these guys. Um, missed all of them. They've all been either away at school or so busy with work and girlfriends and whatever going on. So, uh, yeah, these past couple of months have been kind of rough for me, gone through some stuff, but it's been interesting. Okay, so I was at a, a wedding reception for one of my friends who's uh, – they're currently in the Navy and uh, wearing my all my Eagle Scout gear. Th um, three out of the four of us are Eagle Scouts. Me, Brad, and it, it was hilarious. Uh, we were uh, going to light this fire, um, and then something happened on the inside of the house where we were. So we all went back inside, and we end up allowing the uh, the fuel that we'd put onto the fire um, to ignite it to sit too long. The fumes had time to expand. I went to light a paper a few a uh, few feet away, and then throw it on. But the fumes had expanded enough to where they were where I sparked the paper and I uh, caught a nice fireball with my face. Wow. <laughs> Thanks guys for introducing yourselves and giving us pretty much the most official report on Brown Mountain I could have expected from the guys who sounded like apes as we entered in the area. <laughs> so you guys want to do your bark that you were doing earlier? Show them, let's, let's listen in on these guys as they did what we heard in the dark approaching the rocks thinking, maybe we shouldn't be going up there. <laughs> <laughs> awesome thanks guys okay so now that you met those guys those freaking awesome guys um, they weren't nuts they were actually yeah, pretty awesome because we just decided kids. to go into it braving it like okay well, let's just go up there anyways we did get you there. have that thought too where you're like i yeah, am gonna like, get the sunrise shot let's just gonna go up there anyways and introduce ourselves it's and hopefully it's okay and they don't kill us yeah and so <laughs> <laughs> you guys are here just in time i'm hungry and i go up there and not a single camera not a single tripod we're like oh yes like, there is a chance just here to be here they're like yeah we're, we're just, just a bunch friends. of friends, and we're here for the sunrise, and uh, we hate cars. <laughs> yeah, so, like, and so uh, we hung out with those guys. They're, they're super cool, as you guys just heard. They're uh, pretty pretty decent guys. They're really and, good uh, guys. They were 20-year-old, 19, they're just going to college. Yeah, they're, they're just, just cool guys. Kids. Yeah. I mean, they're like, yeah, we're all Eagle Scouts. We're like, high five. Yeah, wow, cool. And so those guys were cool. Freaking got to figure out if we can go look into that browning lights. The brown lights, is that what it's called? Brown, brown mountain lights or something like yeah, that? Yeah, the brown mountain lights. We got to look into the brown mountain lights. That's that could interesting be, stuff, yeah. It could be a really cool photog adventure and creepy. It's like, oh, there it is. Like, we're ghost hunters. I see the light. Yeah, that would be weird. But it doesn't always happen, though. It's right. Random. And we go all the way out there. It would never happen yeah, during the yeah, time exactly. they were there. We'd be skunked. <laughs> <laughs>
So I went up first. I, I was just thinking selfishly. Oh, you gung hoed it to the. I'm going to get yeah. to a spot. And I actually asked them to, I went around them. And they were actually kind of worried about me because I went off to the edge of the rocks really close. And I was just scaling them. I wasn't going to die today. I wasn't going to miss my chance. And I went as far over to the left that I could to set up my mm-hmm. tripod so that Brendan could have some space. But really, you had to move one guy just to get your tripod down. Cause yeah, I started getting really jealous. I'm just like, dang it, Aaron's over there. <laughs> Selfish punk. There's not, only like, one of us could have it, and I decided it was going to be me. Yeah, and that's okay. That's, you know, first come, first serve on that. The it was, composition no, wasn't that different, was it? No, not really. So that was that was a great thing about what it. What a sunrise it was. I mean, we're talking mm. this terrain. You go far out in the distance of Blue Ridge, and then surprisingly, I didn't expect the sun to be so far to behind us. Yeah. It was coming up way behind us over there. And because of the curve of the road, it kind of blocked where a lot of the horizon was, but then it was still mm-hmm. off to the right of it. So it's like way back there, but enough clouds in the sky just to give it yeah. really, really orange, orange morning. Like bright, I can't no, look at it. No, it was super orange. ruby red when it well, first, both, before yeah. it even rose. That's true. Minutes before it rose, we had this crazy bright, dark, deep red in the horizon. Oh, so and we're cool. just like, I'm looking at that, I'm like, this is going to be awesome. So like, we're sitting there capturing this moment because we know let's just get some light in before. And I'm starting to think, man, I kind of like what these look like already. Mm-hmm. We've got some car trails coming through because people are still driving through there, which I don't get. Why are they driving through there? Is that their main causeway to get somewhere? Could be. There's 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 that other small town that they could be going to work at. Yeah, there's the so. grandfather place they could be going to work at, the grandfather mountain. There really were plenty of cars that drove by. And if I was out there to enjoy the sunrise, I would have stopped. I don't know why I would drive through it, but the mm-hmm. Linco Viaduct's so freaking photogenic. Mm-hmm. And so these guys are going by. I'm getting some car trail shots. Brent Huntley even said when he saw pictures of it from our Instagram, he's like, car trails, that'd be awesome for car trails. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I totally agree. So I got the car trails, I got my shots, and I was waiting for the right light. And I got to tell you guys, I'm going to create a video probably before you hear this podcast. You guys, I'm taking a picture, and most of these trees are green. There's right. only a few colorful trees. In front of us, we have some red and oranges, which is great because right. it's like, okay, good. The beginning of our frame, there's all these orange colors right. that are blocking the green colors behind them. So it's really helping us look like it's colorful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then that amazing, amazing orange glow of the sunrise when it's direct light. There's a picture I have at like 529 or something. I guess it was more like a 729 a.m. Mm-hmm. And then at 733 a.m. I have another picture where everything's completely changed. Oh, yeah. Dramatically changed. Amazing. Straight out of camera, no changes. It goes from green trees with orange leaves to the entire canopy of leaves looks orange because the color cast mm-hmm. from the sun. It was astonishing. Yeah, the leaves were picking up all of that bright sunlight. Yeah. And the, and, the, and especially the morning sunlight was extremely saturated in orange and red tones. Oh, it was amazing like that. And it just really cast that. I mean, even the viaduct was like red and pink where it was lighting up and stuff and not like that yellowy white sunlight. No. It was very orange, dark orangey it's red. It's so important to get light at the right timing. We had some great light. We had some great light after, but man, those like 10 minutes, mm-hmm. the light was at just the right angle, just the right color cast to just bring some amazing, amazing atmosphere and feeling and emotion. And just, I had to desaturate the colors. It was so crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was yeah. nuts. And so... You guys, you got to be in position and you got to stay in position and just keep watching it because things can change so fast. Yeah, in a matter of minutes. 
light is timing. Yeah. Light in photography is timing. So in the listener group, I put I did post um, a panoramic of the picture in the Fall Colors album. So if you guys are in the listeners group, go to the photos and then or go there's to the albums. albums. Yeah. yeah, go to the albums in the photos uh, section. And then in the albums, there's a Fall Colors that Dan, I think, is putting together those every month doing a different category. Yeah. And so I posted my Brent panel of one. that. And uh, yeah, was, look, I think it turned out pretty good. And if you guys don't like going to Facebook because you're just tired of how Facebook knows everything about your life, um, <laughs> go to our Instagram. And if you haven't subscribed to it already, it's just Photog Adventures. And you can see all the images. Brendan is running our Instagram, so you'll mostly be in contact with Brendan and seeing his images. But I try to put up stuff myself. Yeah, and yeah. Over the next, like... Yeah. Two months now, as we go to the end of the year, as we don't have new photography to do for the most part, I'm going to be putting in a ton of my content, and so I'll be posting there too. So check it out. We have our fit photos in there. It was the most magnificent way to end our North Carolina trip. We went there for fall colors, and we kind of got some pseudo fall colors thanks to just an amazing, brilliant lava landscape of orange that came from that sunrise. Yeah, we left that rock that morning thinking, oh, we did it. We came here, yeah. shot some photos, we had a blast, it was a whirlwind, we got no sleep, as usual, but it was so worth it. And then we went to the Blue Ridge Cafe for breakfast. Yeah, and it doesn't have any breakfast unless it's the weekend. Which it was. Was it Friday? It was Friday morning, but it wasn't Saturday. So we had lunch there. Yeah. Well, it was almost 11 o'clock by the time we got there. So well, it was kind of lunchtime. we got there at like 9.30 and we were asleep, and the waitress who took care of oh, us was like... <laughs> Oh, you were the two guys who were sleeping. Like, we took s- a nap in the car like, before, while they were o- before they were open. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, I actually, yeah, I took a peek because I snuck over there to look at you guys and you were passed out. <laughs> and I was like, we weren't drunk and having a hangover. We just, we've been out all <laughs> night. I explained it to her and she's like, oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense now why you guys were just completely zonked in the front passenger seat. Uh, that was funny. But it would have been funny if they actually got a picture of us put on Instagram and we could find <laughs> it. That'd be that'd be awesome. She was nice enough not to take a picture of us doing yeah. that. You know, embracing in sleep. Yeah. So we had a decent lunch there. It was a good place to go. Um, if you're in the Blue Ridge area, we recommend it. It's got some good reviews on Yelp, and we thought it was great too. So. Yeah, fantastic food. Oh, it's just such a great trip. We got to yeah. put a huge shout out for the Yance family, Jordan mm. and his wife. They gave us an awesome, awesome opportunity to take Jordan everywhere. And so they put a lot of effort into hosting us despite the whole problem. And mm. then Roger, man, Roger, thank you so much. Roger was a stud. And his wife was just like, ah, oh, you guys are going to be here for a week doing stuff. I'm just going to go with my sister's. <laughs> yeah. And I got to sleep in her room, in her bed. I was like, sweet. That was awesome. It was a fantastic That sounds bed. hilarious, but it's true. It was her bed. It, it was, was an yeah. awesome bed. Completely comfortable. I, I had my own room. Yeah, Aaron was gracious enough to take the couch. Thank you. One of um, us had to, and I honestly didn't get tons of sleep on that couch, but it was, it was comfortable. pretty comfortable. But I just I didn't get tons of sleep. Yeah, it wasn't the same. And the bed, I honestly would have shared the bed because it was seriously. Thank you. But pillow no. <laughs> top on top of a pillow top, insanely comfortable. Like you sink into the thing. And you're just being warm hugged. And I was just like, oh my I, gosh. I'm that's the thing I'd be out. afraid of. That's why I wouldn't share your bed. And sleep hard, man. It was awesome. <laughs> One so. of the few photog <laughs> adventures where we actually had really comfortable sleep. Until we get yeah. some serious uh, camper shell type 
living situation out there or an RV, we are constantly sleeping in miserable conditions. And Roger, Jordan, yeah. you guys gave us the fantastic week that we didn't deserve out there in North Carolina. Yeah, that was great. Thank you so much. We can't wait to return the favor. If you guys are not following Jordan's Sleek Lens podcast, follow his Sleek Lens podcast. Mm-hmm. Look up Sleek Lens and look for the podcast. You'll find it. Really great stuff there. The content Jordan's putting on Sleek Lens is awesome. And we already know about Picture Monk. Mm-hmm. Go follow him there on Picture Monk. He's fantastic. He's really cool to follow. And we still have a schedule for him to sit down and do a live Ask Me Anything about real estate photography. For those of you interested in oh, getting into yeah, real estate yeah. photography, Jordan Yance has a great opportunity to work with us on that. We're very excited about that. And we have some other projects in mind that we're going to work on that uh, maybe you guys will be interested in too. And just so wonderful trip. Just loved it. Thank you guys so much. And North Carolina, man. That was Brendan and I's first time actually going on a photog adventure with flying. We flew somewhere first. Yeah. That was cool. It was a great graduation. It took us a year to get to that point. Mm. But after a workshop, we were able to afford it and we could fly. And our wives were like, yeah, sure, have fun. It's just such an amazing adventure we've been on. And even next month, we're going on a listener adventure. So remind you guys of that. If you're in the Oregon area, we're going to be out there from the 14th to the 18th, where we're out there on the ocean side, the coastline of Brookings, all the way up to Hasita Head Lighthouse near Portland. Mm-hmm. And so we'll be going between those areas at Thor's Well and all of that. I think even Thor's Well is more north than Hasita Head, but just all along that coastline. Mm-hmm. We're going to be up there. The information, you can guys find that. Go to photogadventures.com forward slash listener adventure. And on that page, we have our most up-to-date information for our coming, upcoming listener adventures and information on how to get signed up so that you get alerts and information about it. And we'll text you and keep you posted on those things that are happening. I am getting really excited about that Portland trip, especially Aren't after you? talking to Nick Page and getting some insight. And other people like Kyle in our listeners group saying, man, the wintertime, the, mm-hmm. like November is like one of the best months. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> Follow that. Come to us. Join us. Thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate all your patience with the podcast. We are working out a better schedule to get these things released, and we're going to come out with everything and get back on track. Sorry for the weeks and weeks of delays. It's just a little more challenging than I expected. Yeah. Trying to earn money from home take care of the family, balance out a new schedule with my wife's work so that she can help make money as I have lost my job and then have time to work on the podcast and work on everything else. And so there's tons of good stuff that's being done and being worked on. It's just all behind the scenes. Well, and, and we've been out doing stuff too and getting getting more content, creating, taking more photos and, you know, If yeah, it can be any excuse and yeah. not just a humble brag, <laughs> Brendan and I were looking at our schedule and we're like, man, what's been going on? And I lost my job on the 14th of September. And that weekend we went out to Moab. The next weekend we had our workshop. The weekend after that we went to Bryce Canyon. The weekend after that we were in North Carolina and flying back that Saturday. The weekend after that we finally didn't do anything. Took a break. <laughs> I had my teeth worked on and we're, you know, there you go. teeth worked on. <laughs> Brandon has some sweet, he has sweet golden teeth now. His grill is looking oh, awesome. Yeah. So excited about and that. And then the following weekend was just last weekend. And that was the 20th and we were out at the dunes. And so one, two, oh, come on. Car, and phone. you got fall colors in one, there too, right? One, two, three, four, five, six weekends in a row. We were out every weekend. And not to mention, we were out at fall colors at the end of our North Carolina trip. And so yeah, we've been busting our butts and it's all behind the scenes. And we're sorry that it doesn't involve you guys enough. And the podcasts come out late and end up being a casualty of this. Mm-hmm. But no more, no more. 
Aaron King, I, Aaron King, vow to release a podcast every Monday the remainder of this year, and you guys have permission to completely delete our information, forget about Photog Adventures if that doesn't happen. I'm very serious about hitting these goals, and I'll make this happen. So thank you guys for following maybe us. We can do some, maybe can, they can send you some virtual slap in the heads. <laughs> I'll have a website. Photogadventures.com <laughs> slap bear in the head. Maybe They're not going to need that, though, because I'm going to follow through. (laughs) Thank you, guys. We'll get this done. You guys enjoy the other podcasts, and have a great week. See you, guys.